Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. Always great promotions right now. Giving away a large model RC 104 Starfighter. If you don't want it, they're going to give you nearly $28,000 in cash instead. This is a super cool remote control jet. You got to see this thing to believe it. Grand prize drawings, March 26th and 27th. While you're up there, you can have a great meal. They have a 99 cent menu, prime rib, $6.95, plus a sports book as well. Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos, a family owned casino that treats you like family. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Nathaniel Hackett met the media today. It is uh, at the, the Combine, and Hackett was asked uh, the same question about quarterbacks, what he's looking for at his introductory press conference. He was asked the same question today. I think it's fair to say he was a little bit more detailed today at the Combine. I think uh, for a quarterback, one most important thing, they have to be tough. I mean, they have to be tough, the amount, mental and physical. I mean, the stuff, uh, the stresses they go through, just being able to stand in front of so many different people. Um, then you look at the physical aspect of it, to be able to take hits, because even if it's perfect, you're going to be hit, and it's a long season. Uh, so it's really that, it's, it's that, uh, that form of a toughness and then intelligence, the, the ability to be able to call play. We have long play calls, and then be able to understand the different t- defenses you're going to do to get yourself in a perfect play, and then accuracy. Those are kind of the three top ones. And then if you're lucky, you get an athletic guy too. Um, but really, those are the four things that we look for in a quarterback with a lot of other things that kind of go into it. But that's kind of the overview. All right, let's start with uh, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, people just tuning in, this is why we're bringing up Locke and Bridgewater, because A, Locke is still under contract, and Hackett has said he's looking forward to working with Drew Locke. And George Payton brought up today that he has not completely slammed the door on not bringing back Teddy Bridgewater. So let's go through. Nathaniel Hackett's wish list. Teddy Bridgewater, tough? No doubt. And I know people are going to say, well, what about the, the fumble uh, returned by the Eagles? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't when pay he held up. Yeah, look at the body of work. Look at, look at what he overcame with that horrific leg injury in 2016 that could have easily ended his career. Look at him. Coming, you know, look at him playing against Cleveland. Right. When two days before the game, he could barely get up on the podium to have his press conference. Fair to say, this is not a question on Bridgewater. But it's fair to say he's fragile, and unfortunately, the two kind of yes. go hand in hand in a, in some ways. Is that fair to and, say? Yeah, and really, I think one thing you can say that that Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke share is that uh, they don't have the stoutest of builds. Right. As far as quarterbacks go. And by and the way, they, they have high. And as a result, they've been susceptible to injuries. And by the way, this is what Hackett said about Drew Locke. Quote, I'm really excited to work with Drew. It's a clean slate. Let's talk about Drew Locke. Tough. I, I think so. Yes, I think so, too. 
I think he's taken he's taken hits. Uh, he's he's got he, he's gotten back up. I mean, he took plenty of shots when he came, but when he played those three games at the end of the season and and wasn't deterred. Okay, instead of using the word intelligence because it is so broad based, I'm mm-hmm. going to say fast processor or high football IQ. Mm-hmm. I think we could both agree Teddy Bridgewater um, has a high football IQ. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yes. What about Drew Locke? That's uh, that's been a critique of his accuracy. That's Teddy Bridgewater's strength, especially right. short to intermediate. Then you have athletic number four on the list. Teddy is I wouldn't call him overly athletic. I would say that Drew Locke is. And yet the thing about athleticism is Hackett separated that from the other three attributes. He said that intelligence, accuracy, and toughness were the three top ones. Yep. Quote, and then if you're lucky, you get an athletic guy too, unquote. Okay. So if Bridgewater is tough, although he's fragile, he's intelligent, and he's accurate, why are you looking at anybody else? Checks all the boxes, doesn't he? Yeah, he checks he checks all the boxes, but can you find guys that are uh, that are at at a at a higher level overall? And that's where like you get an athlete you get an athletic guy. It, what's interesting to me is you know what was not mentioned in in that at all? Arm talent, right? How yep. many how often do we talk about arm talent with quarterbacks? Making all the throws. Yeah, the ability to make all the throws doesn't mean they're accurate. Drew Locke has a very has a strong a stronger than average arm. He has arm talent, but if you're not, I think the thing is, if you're not accurate, what good is the arm talent if you're not accurate? Right. I agree. Okay, so you did a deep dive on the DNVR.com about all the quarterbacks coming out in the draft. Mm-hmm. Okay, so looking at Hackett's wish list, top of it, tough, intelligent, accurate. Um, give me some guys who should move up the list according to what Hackett wants, and maybe who's going to move down the list. Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. They move and up. And then I think they move up, and I think another name to keep your eye on is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Okay. What's wrong with Malik Wills? Where, where, where is he lacking? Uh, Malik Willis. Accuracy uh, is probably. Lacks, lacks in accuracy. Yes. And we don't know how intelligent he is. We don't know. How, we don't know anybody's football IQ, quite frankly. Do we? Yeah. I mean, we're we're still we're, we're kind of getting we get glimpses of it. I mean, you can see like I, I think the one who's probably shown the the highest football IQ that like the most the most obvious to date of these quarterbacks we're talking about in this year's draft is Kenny Pickett. I think that's that's where he would excel. I'll tell you where we really have to worry about him, and this term is thrown a lot. This term is thrown around a lot when mm-hmm. it comes to the combine and the draft. Kind yeah. of like um, three cone drill is thrown <laughs> around a lot, right? Um, Short shuttle. There you go. Here's another. Here's another phrase. Masters the whiteboard. Oh, which yeah. means which means you've got a high football IQ in the classroom. With that, you know who mastered the whiteboard? Trey Lance, and according to Adam Schefter. Trey Lance is nowhere near ready to play football at the NFL level. Yeah. A little concerning? Uh, I'll be much more concerned if, if, that, if we're saying the same thing a year from now. 
only because with Trey with Trey Lance going from North Dakota State and basically not having his 2020 season at all, he had a fairly unique set of uh, challenges compared to, say, what Kenny Pickett would have coming in, and because Kenny Pickett. Uh, played in the ACC, so he played at a relatively high level, and he's going to go and 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 an an offense under uh, Mark Whipple, who's since moved on to uh, Nebraska as, as their OC, uh, an offense that puts a lot of cerebral demands on the quarterback. All right, um, give me a percentage. Listen again; these are my words. These are yeah. George Payton's words. He has not slammed the door on Teddy Bridgewater coming back. Mm-hmm. Scale of one to ten, ten being, oh yeah, he's back. One being no way. Where's Bridgewater? About a three. I'll tell you right now. If George Payton brings back Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not going to riot. I'm not going to be outside with pitchforks and torches. But I think um, there are going to be people driving from North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Montana, and Utah to stand in front of the Broncos team headquarters with pitchforks and torches. And the thing is, I mean, you look at you look at the other if they go the free agent route, and you look at the other possibilities, and you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota. You and see the James report on him, by the way, Trubisky, that uh, uh, people are saying in Buffalo yes. that he he has improved enough that the Bills were so impressed with this guy that they believe he is now a an NFL starting quarterback in this league. Uh, the, the buzz here in Indy is that he's going to get a guarantee that exceeds what anyone believes that he might that he might get like right. that word that he might get that he might be looking at a 20 million dollar plus guarantee right that's 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 what's floating around here around here at the combine right now how many years that, are, are how many years are people speculating uh it's not a we're not talking about a long-term deal I don't he's not going to get a four-year deal it's going to be very it's going to be very much kind of a, a prove it type right. of deal but it will be a think of the contract that uh, Teddy Bridgewater got from Carolina back in 2020 right mm-hmm. and he got I believe it was um was about 20 it was 20 million guaranteed and it was a two-year deal um and that was I mean it was starters money. Not elite starter money, but p- kind of in that middle class, like a middle class that did not exist last year because of Bridgewater's restructure. You didn't last year in terms of per year value, you didn't have anybody between fourteen million and twenty five million dollars of average annual value. I think Teddy Brig, I think, uh, pardon me, Mitchell Trubisky is going to settle in somewhere in that in that kind of mid range. You want him? Like I could. Uh, the pro- here's the thing: I don't know if he's that much better than what you have in Teddy Bridgewater. And and this is the deal. There are there, believe it or not, and you, I think you'd agree with me on this. There are some sound and logical reasons why you would bring Bridgewater back, especially if you are drafting somebody to be the successor, right? Sure. But like you mentioned, you can't sell that to the fan base. No. I mean, in, in a vacuum, in a football vacuum, right? Bringing back Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge to a younger quarterback, it does make a lot of sense. It does. What about Trubisky, though? You want Trubisky? $20 million a year, two-year deal? No, because he's probably more expensive than Bridgewater's going to be, and I don't know if he's that much better than Teddy Bridgewater, right? It's just that he's different. You know, Marcus Mariota is different. Mitchell Trubisky is different. I don't know that – I don't think they're necessarily better – 
for what the Broncos would be asking, which is whether you draft a quarterback this year or your plan is to draft a quarterback in 2023, bridging that gap. I'll tell you what I heard from somebody who says he has talked to both Trubisky and Mariota. Neither exude confidence. Neither walk into the room and you stand up at attention. Neither type of guy is a born leader. No. And that concerns me actually quite a bit. And it's funny because you mentioned Trubisky and we're talking about Sam Howell in this year's draft class and people around the Carolina football program. That is one thing that you kind of hear that is that Howell has that presence that maybe Trubisky really didn't have. Right. Coming up after the break, George Payton was asked specifically about his overall thoughts on the draft. And, um, I don't know if you're going to like what he has to say, but he did have a very interesting perspective. Also, he nailed down a couple of things that the Broncos might be looking for in the draft. And it could be a good thing considering who's coming out in this year's draft. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale loan to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy Jerry and his terrific business, Colorado Off-Road. If you are looking for major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, or your SUV, you need to go with a company that's Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned. Talking about Colorado Off-Road, Jerry is from Littleton. That's where his business is. And also, you can get something new for your car, truck, Jeep, SUV, or you can get something aftermarket. Big box stores, they, they force you to buy new not at Colorado Off-Road. Plus, they install everything. They install everything. They are a one-stop shop, no doubt. Go to Colorado Off-Road or find them online at cooffroad.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. I think it is fair to say, Mace, that when you're picking number nine overall, you're at the top of the draft because you're in the top ten. Well, with that, George Payton was asked specifically about his overall thoughts on the draft and indicated he's really impressed with the depth in the middle of the draft and not sure yet about the strength at the top. Also said he's willing to move up or down in the draft. Then again, all GMs say that. So if the Broncos don't find their answer at quarterback through a trade or free agency, do you think there's a better chance of Peyton moving up, down, or staying where he is like he did last year with Sertan? He went to the mute button again, didn't he? Yeah, I did go to the mute button, yes. Uh, this, uh, is, this is becoming... A it's day. a once a day. I, I do it for you. It's once a day. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. 
Don't say you do it once a day because now this is going to happen tomorrow and it's mm-hmm. going to happen on Thursday and Friday. The tradition. Listen, if you want to eat grapes, knock yourself out. Just move to your bed. Just don't do it in front of the microphone. Well, anyway, I, I actually, I, th- I think there's a very decent chance they stand pat at nine, but that they that they take the that they take a couple of their picks from day two from day two and move back into the end of round one. Yeah. If they have not gotten their quarterback, I think you I think you could see if things break right, the Broncos package two of those day two picks to get somewhere between pick twenty four and thirty two and get their quarterback then after getting an edge rusher at number nine. Because Peyton did say that the strength of the draft at pass rusher does mesh with where their needs are. Right. So with that, let's move on, although we can go back if you want to. He said it's a strong draft for pass rushers and Mm -hmm. offensive tackles. And he said, oh, by the way, they happen to have a need at right tackle and pass rusher along with Mm -hmm. defensive depth. So. How much do you think this will play into Peyton's decision during the draft if they have to draft a quarterback? You think, see, here's the thing. You need to take a quarterback you love. Mm -hmm. All right. And if you really like Pickett, you got to pick it there at nine. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, you'll have to get at nine in all likelihood because there are other teams that are skulking around and there are rumblings that Carolina even really likes him. You might even have to move up to get Kenny Pickett if he's the guy you like. But let's say it's let's go back to a couple of the names we've mentioned earlier in this show. Sam Howell, North Carolina, Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati. I think the chances are pretty good that you can get them in the 20s. I think so too. If, if you tar- if you say that's our guy, and we and and Peyton with the Vikings, he and Rick Spielman, when they got Bridgewater in 2014, they traded back into round one to get him to get that fifth year option. Right. So I know that is something that Peyton perceives as having value. If you are getting a quarterback to get that fifth year option, uh, in terms of, in terms of if that quarterback hits, then it helps you contractually it helps you and gives you some flexibility in what you can do so the thing that would then come into play is if that happened then either edge rusher or offensive tackle wouldn't would probably not be taken care of in the first two rounds because you might be trading both of your second round picks to get back up into round one and take that quarterback in which case let's just kind of talk about right tackle for instance say they go edge at nine and they go trade their two second-round picks for a late first-round pick and go QB. At that point, and it was something that Peyton did mention, the door is not closed on Bobby Massey coming back. But I think the chances are pretty good that Bobby Massey is still going to be sitting out there when the draft happens. And if you don't get that right tackle in the draft, then you place a call to Bobby Massey and say, hey, can you give us one more year? Okay, let's just play a game for a second, okay? You think any of these quarterbacks is going to go in the top 10? I think ultimately one will. Okay, so Pickett will go. All right? Yeah. Pickett's going to go in the top 10. I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Washington's going to take a quarterback, don't you think? Yes. Okay, so let's just say Pickett and Malik Willis are gone. Is that probably a fair assessment? That's fair. Yeah, okay. I'd say that's fair. Pair of second-round picks, that's going to move you up to what? 
be conservative? Uh, 26. 26. Now let's look at other quarterback needy teams who probably think that they are getting value after pick number 15. Mm-hmm. New Orleans at 18 is probably going to think they're getting value, right? Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at 20. They're going to think they're getting value unless they make a blockbuster trade for one of these quarterbacks. Now you have four off the board, right? New England, Vegas, Arizona, Dallas are not taking quarterbacks. So right. you're going to get the fifth best guy. But is he your fifth best guy, though? That's the thing. Well, I don't know. I have a feeling he, if they like Desmond Ritter, if Desmond Ritter's their guy, Desmond Ritter, I think, is going to be there. I agree. I, I think if we're talking about that with Sam Howell, it becomes a, a question. And then the other thing that comes into play is this. If you've identified that quarterback, but you've taken a calculated risk on saying, all right, he's going to be there in the 20s. Are you prepared to give up a little more draft capital to move back up and get him? Or the other thing that could come into play is... Wait, you're gonna, wait, wait, hold on. You know, so if New Orleans is at 18 yeah. and Pittsburgh is at 20, are you saying you're trying to hit a sweet spot at 19 with Philadelphia? Or you do you need to move ahead of the Chargers at 17 or move ahead of New Orleans and trade with the Chargers at 17? Well, that you'd probably be thinking, I think you'd maybe thinking 19 in that case. But the other possibility that comes into play, and this is something that if the draft board goes a certain way, if they have edge rushers evaluated a certain way, it's possible the Broncos could look to really get into wheeling and dealing mode, move down, pick up an extra second round pick, and then move back up and then really kind of start getting kind of getting into the flow of the wheeling and dealing maybe. And maybe it's possible that they're, they're accumulating picks and they say, okay, we've traded, we, we, we were sitting right now on pick 17 and maybe you go quarterback then, and maybe you're taking two of those second rounders because you picked up an extra second rounder in the deal to move down to move down. And maybe all of a sudden you're using those and you're moving back up and you're picking your edge in the twenties. Because it's possible, we've seen some, I mean, if, if you believe some of the mock drafts, someone like David Ojabo out of Michigan could be there in the mid-20s. And he had 11 sacks last year. He's productive. Coming up after the break, George Payton today was asked about a fifth-year option for Noah Fant. Had some nice things to say about him. But at the end of the day, no fifth-year option's been offered, even though Payton says, Fant's really talented, and we want him for a long time. Yet no move has been made. What do you think Peyton's thinking? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for a wholesale loan to the public, 
Go to rmfp.com. Mace, I just saw this on Twitter, and I I don't know if I'd call this a surprise. I'd kind of call it pathetic because at the end of the day, um, it is. And the other thing is uh, we certainly know who who ESPN and MLB's partners are. When I say MLB Mm -hmm. Network's partners are, both ESPN and MLB Network cut away from the Players Union press conference. How do you like that? Did ESPN show the entirety of the Rob Manfred press conference? I watched, yes, because I watched it. Okay, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that MLB Network would because they're towing the company line. Right. But uh, it's disappointing that ESPN would not offer the same courtesy that, to Tony Clark that they offered to Rob Manfred. By the way, if, if you want to go to MLB.com, tell me how many stories you uh, see about this lockout. I'd be curious to know. Well, it's funny because, like, when the lockout first happened, uh-huh. it was you saw all of a sudden all this content that was about the history of the teams. Uh-huh. Like, if you go there now, here's what you have: you have commissioners layer to friend to fans. Commissioner provides update on CBA negotiations, and then you have some stuff on prospects. Oh, and what was the first baseball card ever made? Right. Well, I could. T- I could. There's uh, stuff on prospects, but nothing on current major league players, because of course, when they're in the minor leagues, they're not part. They are not part of the MLB Players Association. I'll tell you this, and I know this as fact. There are many MLB.com writers who you know cover an individual team. Uh-huh. Many of those writers have been told: A, you're not going to be writing anything on the website about the lockout. And B, you are not to go on any radio shows to talk about it. Yeah. How do you like that? How do you like that for Big Brother? No one's talking about it. Ironically, no one is talking about it because people are disgusted with the way this has been handled. There are hardcore baseball fans like you and like Mm -hmm. Nolan, but at the end of the day, if you're not aware of it, it doesn't exist. And right now, baseball doesn't exist. So people are just moving on. They're moving on. There, there, there's, there are plenty of other things to watch. There are, there are good NBA games and good NHL games, and every night there are meaningful college basketball games every night, and they're going, and they're going to be uh, going to the Final Four right about the time that the season will be starting. There are, and for those who follow the NFL, there's the usual drama of the off season, of free agency, of you know of everything going on around here with the Broncos quarterback situation, ownership. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other options that everybody has right now. And it, it baseball, the longer it goes, the more it will slide itself toward irrelevance. This is essentially the second work stoppage in baseball over the last year and a half to two years. Cause they mm-hmm. couldn't grant anything with COVID. Yeah. And remember, I mean, that's a that's a sport where they everybody else got they, it together. They, not baseball. Yeah, exactly. Baseball, the nature of the sport, they should have been the first ones back. Yeah, because there's a hell of a lot of social distancing in baseball. Right, should have been the first sport back, and because of the way they did the postseason, which was taking everything to Texas and California, absolutely no reason why, even if they start 
start of the season on July 1, they couldn't have played a 120-game season that just ended later. But no, they couldn't come to any kind of accord, and we had that basically that 60-game sprint, right? It just, it was... I think the owners, Mace, and the players are still under the delusion that this is the 1920s and baseball is the national pastime. Mm -hmm. It's not. Get your head out of the sand and understand you are at best the third most popular sport in this country and you are way behind football and you are absolutely behind basketball as well. With that, time now for What's Trending. What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sdhmazda.com. George Payton was asked at the Combine today about uh, Noah Fant. Is there going to be a fifth-year option? And Payton said no decision has been made. But Fant is really talented, and we want him here for a long time. You think uh, Payton's going to give Fant a fifth year? Yes. Why? That sounded, honestly, that because that sounded very similar to what he said about Bradley Chubb last March before he got the fifth-year option. Why do you think he's going to give Fant a fifth-year option? Think he? I think he values him as a uh, as a target. I mean, one thing that you can say. I mean, it, does he have issues as a blocker? Yes, he's also a very reliable pass catcher. I mean, he's led the league in he's led the pardon me led the team in receptions the last the last two seasons. A lot of there's been a lot of comings and goings, and uh, Fant has actually been the the steadiest pass catcher on the team over the last over the last two years. I'll call that one. I think that has I think that has value. I'll call that one B. You know what I think 1A is? What? It's going to cost the Broncos $6.85 million, which is cheap. It's Why not? A, Why not take a flyer a pro, on him? For a, a productive tight end like that yep. is cheap. Is an eight, is, is for in his prime years, that's an eight figure expenditure. You can get him for 6.85. Yep. Now, that, that number will go up if he goes to the Pro Bowl this next year, but not to the point where it's not going to be a deal worth doing. I think it just makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, there, there was an acknowledgement also from George Payton that the, the tight, and he spoke of the tight ends as a group. They have to get better in the run game. And right. he wasn't just talking about Noah Fan. He was talking about Albert, probably maybe talking a little bit more about Albert Okwebunam, but both of them are, are not where you want them to be just yet. But w- with Fan, I think we've seen enough, we have seen enough flashes from him. And we've seen that he is a kid that when he gets involved in the offense, or when the quarterback involves him in the offense, the offense is more productive. He's a he he is a very good pass catcher, and I think I, I think if anything, the Broncos need to find ways to get him the ball more than they have. Yeah, and I agree with that. It, it's kind of like a Julius Thomas. Give him a good mm-hmm. quarterback, and he could be productive. Here's the thing: twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, he had one hundred thirty catches. Yeah. Okay. Does that sound like top ten tight end money to you? Bottom of the top 10, but Fine. yes. Okay. Yeah. But knowing is. Noah Fant, the way you know Noah Fant, is he really one of the top 10 tight ends in football? He's, I'd say he's in the top half. Yeah, I'd say if right, that. right. Yeah, he, he, he's in the top, in the top of 32 primary starters. I'd say he's around 13th. Hey, here, here's another he's way not, to. He's he, not bad. He's a good, he's a, he's a good, solid starter. That's what he is. Here's another way to put it. He's had a, of the 130 catches, 
I think about 124 of them have been pretty quiet. He's not the game breaker that everybody hoped he would be. And well, his, his, saw, blocking, yeah. his blocking, his yeah. blocking is he he's willing, and that's the highest compliment I will give him as a blocker. He's willing, and again, that's the highest compliment I will give him as a blocker. And as far as wanting to honestly go over the middle, he's not that guy. But 130 catches, yeah. You just look at the numbers and you'd say, yeah, this guy's a should be top 10 paid as a tight end. But really, do you really look at him as a top 10 tight end in the league, getting that type of money? Yeah, I'll take him for 6.85 to see what he looks like in Hackett system. Yeah, I'd bring him back for that. But honestly, to me, Noah Fant, despite those numbers, and I know what the numbers say, and people, you can argue stats with me. To me, he's been a disappointment. He's not a bust, but he's been a disappointment. I thought he'd be better than he is. Well, I think the thing is people thought that he would be spectacular. And actually what has happened is he has just been steady. But you start going through the time, like you said, the last couple of years, he's, the last two years, 130 receptions, right? Mm-hmm. That places him fifth in the league among tight ends. Is he a top in, five tight end in this league? Do you see him that way? Again, no, I don't see him as that's as, as my that point. Way. 130 he's, catches. It's been quiet. And he's and he's not he's ninth in yard in yards over the last couple of years. And again, I, I like I said, I think he he is not a top five tight end. But is he clearly in the top half of starting tight ends in this league? Yes. I mean, he's he did upgrade the position. Now, in all fairness, let's look who's been throwing the ball to him, because yes. at the end of the day. Let's look at Demarius Thomas's numbers with Tim Tebow and then look at Demarius Thomas's numbers with Peyton Manning. You're not going to have and, Peyton Manning on your roster mm-hmm. for all 32 teams, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. We, we know what happened to Julius Thomas when he didn't have Peyton Manning. His numbers were nowhere near what they were with, with, with Peyton Manning. Yeah, and if and just to kind of go through the four tight ends above Noah Fant the last two years in receptions and who's throwing in the ball, Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, who's been an MVP, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, very good quarterback, Dalton Schultz, Dak Prescott, very good quarterback. Yep. Well, Waller's in a league of his own, and when I say a league Mm -hmm. of his own, he's right up there in terms of talent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's Kelsey or Kittle. Kittle Kittle might be the best all-around tight end to ever play this game. Yes. Mm All-around. Not best pass catcher and not best blocker. All around, it's hard to argue with anybody who truly understands football that George Kittle isn't the best all-around tight end to ever play the game. He is a, forget about a willing blocker, he's a ferocious blocker. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting, though, is that in, uh, you all know make touchdowns that George Kittle averages per season so far in his career? And he's been to the Pro Bowl three times, right? Right. How many? He, averages, he averages four touchdowns a year which is barely above Noah Fant's average per year. Right. You know what, though? That guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care what the stats say. And if he's you, if you, and, and, I, Okay. Oh. He, he's, base, he's got to do more. He's only through five years. He, if he retired today, he no. would not be a first ballot no, Hall of no, Famer. No, 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 no. No, no, and I understand that. Five years at least. He'll continue to do what he's doing. If he continues to do what he does for another five years, but his numbers don't pop off the page like a Shannon Sharp or a Gonzalez or somebody like that, he's the best all-around tight end to ever play the game. But you know what? He may not get the votes first ballot, second year, third year, because if you're only looking at the numbers, then shame on you. 
Well, he also needs his team to win a title. I mean, he's gotten to a Super Bowl, but a championship can kind of enhance that as well. And the, the 49 and, and that's something that the 49ers may be kind of pulling back from for at least a year if they decide to go with Trey Lance. And by the way, you saw the news about Garoppolo today, right? I did that he's going to have surgery. He's not going to be ready to throw till about July. That's not right. July, yeah. So basically he's out for if they trade him, he's out for OTAs. Yep. You, you won't have him until camp except for med, the good old mental reps. And that's going to affect the market because he's going to have less time to get chemistry with the receivers that he's going to work with if he gets traded. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Ja Morant set and broke his own franchise record in only a matter of days for the Memphis Grizzlies. Also, Colorado Avalanche playing the New York Islanders tonight. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Back Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now. The final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. A happy belated birthday to uh, Avalanche head coach Jared Bednar, turned 50 yesterday, and the Colorado Avalanche have a game tonight, so we'll see what kind of gift they have uh, in store for their head coach. They're playing the New York Islanders, thank you, playing the New York Islanders, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, and the Avs. I'm sure this is another thing that their head coach thinks of as a gift. The only team in the NHL above 80 points right now. The Avs, a league leading 82. Tonight, also a special night for one of the players, Jack Johnson's 1,000th career NHL game. Wow. Any concern hmm. uh, as we head towards the final uh, couple months of the season here that the Avalanche have been peaking too early? With the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs still two months away. Well, I did see something today, and I want to say maybe even uh, Gil Whiteley posted, but I'm not sure. Uh, and if I if he didn't, I apologize for getting it wrong. That uh, since 1986, you've only had eight Presidents Trophy winners that won the Stanley Cup. So it's it's sort of a strange thing. Right. There's not a a great deal of, of crossover now. This Avs team is no doubt dominant. Okay, I mean, it, it's an overwhelming team. I can I can also tell you that the Lightning back in 2019, when they won the President's Trophy, were overwhelmingly dominant in the regular season. They laid an absolute egg in the playoffs. I don't think this Avs team is going to do anything like that. But it's a reminder that 
success isn't guaranteed. And really, the thing that's going to the, the player who is going to determine whether this team wins the cup or not is Darcy Kemper. And can he be dominant for an entire postseason in a way that you need your goalie to be dominant to win a Stanley Cup? That's I don't the question. Th- I don't think they're peaking too early because they've been high the entire year. It's not as if they have been ups and downs, and now suddenly they've won ten in a row. They they've been up. They, they haven't had a lot of losing streaks. Yeah, the one thing though that could be interesting is this: they're so far ahead in the West right now that do they take their foot off the gas down the stretch, and does that knock them off kilter? I do have a concern about that because I can tell you uh, that's that's one of the things that I think knocked. Uh, uh, the Lightning uh, off their game late in the 19th season, which helped them get swept in the opening round. You've got to be careful. You've got to have that right balance. If you've got the number one seed clinch to still, you're going to want to get your guys some rest, but you don't want everybody to kind of mentally lose their focus. That's going to be a big question as well for the Fs. Just in case you missed it, Ja Morant with a jaw-dropping performance last night in the Grizzlies' nice. win over the Spurs. Oh, I didn't even uh, didn't even intend to do that. That was good. No, was just say, good, hey, unintended. Huh? It worked. It was brilliant. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ja had he had a poster over Jakob Pertle that was incredible. He had. 52 points he had a buzzer beater at the half where steven adams threw it the length of the court and john morant caught it in the air shot it while still in the air and converted the basket uh before the half so john morant has been by far one of the uh, showstoppers of the nba this season he was the number two overall pick back in that 2019 nba draft let's take a look at some other guys outside of the number one pick who are kind of setting the league on fire right now at the point guard position. One of those guys, 2018, the number five pick, Trey Young. 2020, LaMelo Ball, the number three pick. If you were to choose one of those three stars to start your franchise with today, between Ja Morant, Trey Young, and LaMelo Ball, who are you choosing? I'm I'm taking Ja all day. He's a tremendous player. And he was just one highlight after the next. And I know this seems shocking, Mace. I was up at 6 o'clock this morning, flipped on SportsCenter, and mm-hmm. it was a two-minute love fest for John Morant. Good for him. Listen, the guy is going to be all over the highlights because of everything that you just said, Danny. I just want to know where were the highlights like that for Nikola Jokic when he scored 49 to go with 14 rebounds and 10 assists against the Clippers. Yeah, the game went to overtime. I get that. Where are the highlights for Jokic? Now I'm hearing John Morant should be the MVP. No, he shouldn't. Because you know what? Memphis has far more talent than the Nuggets do. They have two guys that are averaging at least 18 points a game and another guy averaging 16 points a game. And who's the second leading scorer on the Nuggets? Will Barton? Please, give me a break. He's not only the most... Jokic is not only the most valuable player, period. You take him off the team, what do you have? He's the best player in the league. He doesn't make the highlights. No one wants to see mid-range jumpers and threes. People want to see crazy three-point shots. People want to see posterized dunks. So when you vote, you get a two-minute clip of John Morant. This guy has to be the best player in the league because look at where the Grizzlies are in the standings. Real quick, uh, John Morant's missed uh, 
14 games this year. Can you tell me the Memphis Grizzlies record when Jaw doesn't play? I cannot. 12 and 2. Wow. Uh-huh. I guess he's really not that valuable. He's a great player, but apparently he's not that valuable because they remember have, when, they're loaded remember with talent. They, they have a lot of talent. Do you remember the game where they beat OKC by 73? Yeah. Jaw didn't play in that game. Right. No, there. Listen, which line score would you like? What Jaw did, 52 points, seven rebounds, two assists. Do we need do we need to get out of here, Danny? We've got time. Okay. Or do you want this line score? Okay. 39 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, 70, 74% shooting from the floor. Jaw was 73. Whose line score would you rather have? I'd rather I'd rather have the the latter line score. 39 11 and 11. Yep. And I'm sure maybe they showed Jokic hit a jump shot on SportsCenter. But Ja is posterized. Listen, he's a great player. He's a great player. But -hmm. because he makes so many jaw-dropping plays, he's going to be all over the highlight shows where Jokic... By the, by the way, yeah. by the, the 360 way, Ja... layup was very impressive the yeah. other night. Yeah, but you know who was be- who did a better 360? Jamal Murray. That's true. Right. By the way, Ja is seventh in PER right now. Although as of this moment, I'm looking at PER. Yeah. Jokic is second. Who is he second to? Embiid. Giannis. Yeah, Giannis is pretty good. Yeah, he is. Well, at one point, Jokic had the all-time record for PER. Uh-huh. Is is it Giannis now? Uh, Giannis is at three thirty-two point six five, and Jokic is at thirty-two point two seven. So single season leaders. Yeah. Okay. So, right. I mean, you know what's funny? Well, NBA leaders. I'm looking all time thirty-two, thirty-two. So yeah. right now, Giannis is tied with his best ever. Okay. How about that? Yeah. And Jokic is tied for the second best ever. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it for us, Nolan. You're not going to see your Cardinals the first opening two series of the season. I'm sure you will be okay. First, Stan Kroenke wins the Super Bowl, and now you can't watch baseball. You always have the arch. You always got the arch. Danny, great job today. Mace, you had tuna last night. What are you going to have tonight? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It's just such a big decision. What are you going to have? Come on, where are you going? I believe it or not, Steak I'm actually going back to St. Elmo's tonight. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll have the crab stuffed shrimp. I don't know yet. I'll tell you later. I'll, I'll talk about it tomorrow. Over under I'll on drinks you. yesterday, uh, Danny guess For Mace, I'll go two and a half. What are you going to go with? Over under. Under two and a half. I'll say over. Nolan? Danny Danny wins two. Oh, that's come, what I thought. Uh, yep, that two? half drink. Yep, well, you know what? I should, I should set odds then. Make it the best possible night you can. You gotta keep it strong Move along, move along Like I know you do And even when your hope is gone Move along, move along Just to make it through